Welcome back to the shed. Winter is nigh. It is cold out there and it is starting to rain and I think I've already seen snow at my place up in there, North Van. So most of our listeners outside the lower mainland are probably just laughing. By the time you hear this, in fact, where you are, there's probably feet of snow on the ground. So watch your step. We're old. There might even be birds chirping. Oh, broken. <laughs> That's nice, Sergeant. Right, the trees might be blooming by the time you hear this. Anyways, take care of yourselves and hang around for a while. We're gonna have a few laughs today again, as we always do, and we're glad you're here. I do. I do um, it's because you said to a first city trust that threw me back to the days of pinball. You bet. And I noticed that this week you I are saw done, old that. movie. You are Beat done. The clock. Movieland Arcade, the neon sign is being saved for something, so I assume that Movieland Arcade is gone. Finally gone. Oh, because... is it just gone now? Well, I don't know. It was there that sign's been there forever, and that sign should never have gone. Well, Even if they changed businesses, it would be great to keep that sign. Yeah. So this is just for clarity. Movieland Arcade is a really sleazy pinball house on Granville at, what, Robson? It was more than pinball it was movie land too. yeah oh that's yep. right pika and we used to rich and i when we worked at first city trust which is the corner of hornby and robson used to go over there at lunch pretty frequently and that's where speaking for myself i determined that roughly 20 dollars in quarters <laughs> was required to achieve total mastery of a given pinball machine yeah <laughs> and once you got 20 bucks in you could essentially play for free for the rest of whenever you put in a quarter and play for your whole lunch hour and leave several games up. Just go. If it was a decent machine. Right. So you're saying that somebody's doing something to salvage the sign now? I think they're, I don't know if it's under auction or if they're just taking it down or. Right. Cause there's a few um, neon exhibits in town. Well, they left the aristocratic on display in the window of that big bookstore that at Granville and Broadway, right? Yeah. They actually put the sign right, right in there. Right. It's still lit up and everything. Yeah, yeah. That's a nice tribute to an old sign like that. But yeah. I don't know if they're doing that with Movie Land Arcade, though. Yeah, the aristocratic doesn't have that kind of uh, tawdry undertone. That's right. <laughs> the Movie Land Arcade carried for decades. Well, and Granville carried it. For- yeah, still carrying it as far as I can make out. Yeah, and it used to be when you lined up to go to, I think it's the Vogue or the... I'm not sure whatever's right next to it. The Orpheum? Could be the Orpheum. And then you would see that Movieland Arcade. So I've taken a few photos of it over over time. Well, and you'll see it in the background of pictures for things like the lineup for Star Wars. I mean, I saw saw some picture from the 70s where Star Wars was premiering. There's a huge lineup in Granville, and I'm pretty sure that sign is in the background of the lineup. Yeah. Kind of cool. I wonder when the last time I was in there was. Probably the 80s, because when I started working at ICBC, I just wasn't downtown, right? Well, up till recently, you could still go in and play pinball. The last I was in that lineup, it still was a pinball arcade. Yeah. And I think it still had the movie booths in the back, which makes no sense whatsoever. And that's probably Pornhub put them out of business, I would say. I don't know. I, I never had any sense of how much of their business was determined by the movie thing. Yeah, that's true. Because when, when we were, you know, we'd go in there and play together, we'd watch each other play, but then you would also notice people coming in and out. And I didn't, I never saw a steady stream of people to the yeah. back booths. Me, me either. I just, uh, 
I was intent on just trying to beat the machine. I just wanted to get to where I could have free plays because so much fun, right? You just feel like king of the block. You go in there, drop a quarter in and just play for an hour. Yeah, sorry. No, I still got games up. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Bug off, mortal. I'm still playing. You got a smoke, kid. (laughs) KG, you got any snappers? Sure. Snappers? It's time again for KJ's Snappers, wherein our own KJ dog tries to stump the panel with etymological quandaries he's stumbled across in his travels, and in which PJ and RJ search deep into their time-addled memories to see if they can piece together the meanings and origins of these terms. So let's play KJ's Snappers. The first one is show you the ropes. And I heard just within the last week that when you got somebody on the ropes, that's a boxing term, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. But show you the ropes is, what's that, you guys? So the meaning first. Skin, you want to do that? Sure. The meaning just is, I'm going to familiarize you with the procedures and the layout. I'm going to walk you through how things are set up here and how we do things so that you can function in this environment. Typically in a job. Yeah. Yeah. Origin, RJ? Well, I'm going to guess, and I'm, I suspect you would guess the same. I'm going to guess it's maritime in origin. Origin. I would guess that too. Yeah. Hundred, yeah, hundred. And so the ropes on, for example, a sailboat, a sailing ship, like one of those big square ship. riggers. Yeah, it's a lot of ropes. Right, and for every different ship, they're going to be placed in different locations and have different kind of parameters. Yeah, yeah. Good. And it's it's kind of worth your life to know them, right? You don't want to do the wrong thing at the wrong moment because could have real consequences. So that's what I think there. Same as everything. We're united on that opinion, boys. Okay. We'll say that's, that's just, that's it. We're not even going to look at it. Oh, no, it's not even verified. Screw we're that. that confident. They are done. Mortals. We'll let our listeners. Yeah. Have at the. Yeah. Okay. It'll here's one. be something completely different. It'd <laughs> be cool if it was. That'd be, and it would be extra cool if we heard it from a listener. Yeah. Shintangle. S-H-I-N, Tangle. And I saw it in a poem, and it said, Helpless in the Shintangle of Autumn. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so first off, I'm going to say, that guy made that word up. Because he's a poet. That poet made that word up. You know what it means, right? Well, now I know from the context. From the context, yeah. Because I've never heard that word. The Shintangle of Autumn, think Central Park some uh, whole bunch of leaves, maybe some branches and whatnot. And you're walking around and they're, they're kind of right up to your shins. Oh. They're bashing around the bottom of your legs as you walk oh, through. nice. I'm sure that's what that okay, is. Okay, well, I'll look it up, damn it. See if they actually say anything. Now, in a dense growth of shrubs and other plants, especially under trees in woodland. There undergrowth. Okay. Except for it sounds like that, that definition that it did have sounds like it wasn't just some rando poet it sounds like it was an actual term it was a real term yes yeah 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 that's what it's yeah um here's one ronogram spelling r-o-n-n-a gram the earth now weighs six ronograms oh so it's like not teragrams so it's up there somewhere i've heard that one before are there ronobites Yeah, yeah, you know, like gram being metric, it uses the same prefixes. So there's megagrams, for example. 
Yeah. So then, like you know how there's kilograms. There's a megabyte, right? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Megagrams. There's gigagrams. Well. I'm sure. Yeah. There'd be teragrams, but I've never heard of Rana. I'll bet you it's three zeros beyond Terra. That's my guess. Nice. Any guesses at all on who Ron was? Like, how come Ron got? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Terra. Okay, Earth. Fine. It's not a person, but I think Ron finally. <laughs> I don't know. Call it Ronograms. Uh, you know, Ron Ronogram. is a clerk in the Department of uh, yeah. <laughs> Metric in France, probably the Metric System. Yeah, he's Ron, <laughs> a French name. I, I've just oh oh oh. Here we go. Physics dot org on physics dot org. Earth now weighs six ronograms, so this is probably where I saw it. Say hello to ronograms and quetameters, Q-U-E-T-T-A meters. International Science Gathered in France voted on Friday for new metric prefixes to express the world's largest and smallest measurements, prompted by an ever-growing amount of data. So there you go. It marks first time in more than three decades that new prefixes have been added to the international system of units. Join uh, prefixes like kilo and milli, arona and queta for the largest numbers, and ronto and quecto for the smallest. Sounds right. Oh, I hate that they do that, though. But they do it with uh, hecto and heca. Remember those? Is it times 10 and divided by 10? I just, well, they shouldn't so do that. It's just... That's why we haven't heard that one, because it was just invented. But we do need to know, is it a thousand terabytes? It probably isn't. Oh, oh. It's probably more. And I also want to redo on the spelling for Queto. For example, always referring to a kilometer as a thousand meters or a millimeter as one thousand meters quickly becomes cumbersome. Oh, here's one. A yotta meter is a one followed by 24 zeros. Y-O-T-T-A meter. Gotcha. Yep. How do you spell Quido or Queto? Q-U-E-T-T-O. Oh, it is Queto. I'd just love to know, though, like why? Why these prefixes? Where'd they come from? Yeah. Hey, Siri, how many terameters in a ronometer? Siri struck dumb by the question. She is, actually. What the fuck? Yeah. Siri says. <laughs> she comes back and says, I put maple syrup on my shopping list. Now it's all sticky. <laughs> That's a dad joke. That's all she tells is dad jokes. So there's 12 zeros. A terameter is one followed by 12 zeros, meters. How big is a ronometer? I have to spell it out because Siri has never heard of it. It's that new. Jeez, come on. We got iOS 16 here. I would have thought they would have had the Apple guys at the table when they coined these terms. Damn it. Damn it. Well, Maybe they've got some index of unrememberability, and whatever tops the unrememberable index, that's what they use. <laughs> Apparently only one in 719 people can remember a Rano prefix, so that's the top score. Next, Queto. I think I should do a study on these um, chew things that Buddy's got. They're, I believe they're tendons of some sort. Oh, Rana, Rana has 27 zeros after the one, so I was way out. Oh, so it's three more than a, what did I say? Three, three, less, three less than a Quetta. Quetta is um, 30 zeros, and Arana is 27 zeros. Terra is 12 zeros, and that, that was the biggest one I knew. Oh, uh, and what was, what was Google? Oh, a Google 20, was 100 zeros. Oh. One followed by 100 zeros is oh, okay. a Google spelled G-O-O-G-O-L, which Google named itself after. Yes. Googleplex was always spelled that way. 
back to my little observation here. This chew that uh, Buddy's on right now is lasting, well, it's already as le- at least twice as long as the last one. Like some last longer. Nice. And I want to market those. The so last longer ones? Yeah. Why, you fool? You'll sell way more product if they don't last so long. That's right. Uh, Corey got, got me these things he picked up in the pet store. They're um, chew things, but they're shaped in the form of like a three-armed Frisbee. Oh, and, yeah. And it says you're supposed to throw these, but come on, you don't throw a chew thing. Like the dog isn't going to go bring it back. He's going to chew it when he gets it. Plus, if he catches it in flight, it's going to knock some teeth out, isn't it? Like Just a ridiculous marketing scheme of some sort, but Corey bought him. How'd you like to be the guy that works in the tendon shaping factory? (laughs) (laughs) Just gross. Just so gross. Okay, last one. Come to grips. And this, I was watching the new uh, Netflix documentary, Ancient Apocalypse. I've seen some of that. And he says, he was talking about something, and he said, get to grips. He didn't say come to grips. He said, get to grips with the uh, the scientists, to get get to grips with. And I was just so, it just. And sometimes we use the term get a grip. Nice. That's different though. Okay. Take over, skinny. Yeah. Well, get a grip means get a hold of yourself. It means literally get a hold of yourself. Pull yourself together, get yourself under control, get a grip on your okay. emotions. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah, yeah. Whereas come to grips or get to grips means deal with uh, an external problem, sort of like, you know, you, you've, you've got something that you need to manage. And when you get to grips with it, the sort of analogy is you're now attempting to wrestle that problem to the ground, wrestle it into submission. Right. Well, I don't know. No, to I me, think, it's different. I think you've covered it. Yeah. And in a way, um, I think one example of coming to grips is learning the ropes. Oh, man. There's only one way to get to grips with this job. You got to learn the ropes. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Could you stop it? I can't hack the analogies. I'm analogied out. Now, where is it from? How did, well, how no, did no, it... no. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not convinced here. Uh, come to grips. So uh, go a little bit farther here. Explain Okay, so PJ to the layman. I thought PJ covered it, but it's, well, really it's learning. Yeah, well, I, I think it's confronting. I think it is taking action as opposed to procrastinating. You've been putting us off forever. It's time to get to grips, which means it's time to actually get your hands on it, whatever it is, and, and do something about it. And why, if your question is the difference between come to grips and get to grips? No, no. I'm just the same. They're the same, yes. But I'm not getting the explanation here. You, you have to come to grips with the fact that not only are you working on this thing, but there's also this extra something. But I understand get a grip on yourself, like you're, like literally, yeah, like yeah. on your emotions, like you say. What's the difference between come to grips and figure out? I think, well, geez, I'm just fully... I'm just, I've got the facto voice in overdrive here. I don't know. I'm making this all up. Turn it up. Yeah. It's just like, Jesus. It gets more active. If you figure something out, you can do that while having a cup of tea and looking at a mass of drawings and just thinking about it. Uh-huh. But when you come to grips with something, you are physically handling it. And, and I mean, that's, that's weak to describe it that way because in the thing you said, 
you're working on something, but you've got another issue off to the side that you're going to have to come to grips with before you can finish the main project. It's kind of the same and kind of different. Like I'm building a shed, but I'm going to have to come to grips with the whole idea of drainage. You know, I haven't managed that yet, but it's the same in so far as you're going to have to take some action on drainage for that shed to work. But I don't think it's a physical thing. I wonder if it means that you're figuring out something more nebulous. Yeah, I think it means you have to get it to some point where it is managed. But I'll bet you the two can be interchanged. It's just that you lose some context when you do it. And I think, I think. That is pretty much it. You have to, you can come to grips with a mental problem that doesn't require physical action, but it requires effort and it requires concentration. And it's something that you've been had off to the side that you're just not thinking about because you don't want to, for whatever reason, you're putting off thinking it through. And when you come to grips with that mental problem, you are focused on it and you are getting it resolved some way or another. Okay. Got a definition here. You've got better internet than I do, apparently. (laughs) I guess. And I don't know, my source here is something called a site. Just use the fact voice, RJ. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Uh, Come to grips with someone or something. That's interesting to start with. To begin to, or make an effort to, understand, accept, and deal with a difficult or problematic person, thing, or situation. So you can figure out easy things or hard things, but when you're coming to grips with someone, uh, something, it's difficult or problematic. And here are examples. I should have the report ready for you this afternoon. I just need to come to grips with this new software update first. Sorry for that. So That's I've my got, best British accent. Oh, I thought it was great. Thanks, Mo. Um, Thanks. Nice of you to say that. I would say something, but I'm eating cookies. The origin, uh, if I could. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The ex- this expression originated in the 1900s. Okay. It most likely is related to the definition of the word grip. This word means to grasp tightly. To grip something is similar to the expression to handle, which can also mean sol- solving a problem. Interesting. Ah, can you handle that? Yeah, I can come to grips with it. Ah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I still think the connotation is you got to get up close and personal. Here's another one. I've tried, but I just can't come to grips with Amy. She's totally out of control. Oh, that's a someone. Oh, origin is connected to Freemasonry. The saying, get a grip... Just throw something else in there. The secret handshake. The saying get a grip comes from the notion that a person joining the craft is gaining access to greater understanding. Also, they are also learning one or more new hand grips. Secret handshakes, that's right. The knowledge and maturation of one's soul and the secret of handshakes go hand in hand. Oh, man, there's so many layers to that. And now the remainder of today's episode will be on the Masons. Is it rude to tell someone to get a grip? Yes, depending. Could be helpful, but in general, it's rude. If they're a friend, it's not. If they aren't, it is. (laughs) And that's it for uh, KJ Snappers this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. Thanks, KJ. Fantastic. Good work. Hey, I got great news. 
Tell us, for me, I mean, it means a lot. It's something that weigh and heavy on my mind. I finally have an appointment with the U.S. consulate in oh, Vancouver. Oh, my God. To renounce my citizenship. Ooh. So I'm going to go visit them, I think it's March 23rd, and tell them I want to renounce my citizenship. And they're going to ask me why. Nice. So tell them why. What are you going to say? You're going to say, because you elected Trump. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm going to say, because I haven't felt like an American since 1969. I just don't feel American. You know, you're not going to get many chances to I'm express Canadian. an opinion with this kind of weight. Exactly. But I mean, I've Googled it quite a bit and they said, you know, these appointments are not the time to <laughs> do crap like skin suggests. <laughs> to let them know what, what is wrong with America. Okay. It's okay. just not right. Yeah. Okay. Seriously. Th- it, th- that's... It, it's real. Yeah. And it also, they also say it's not the time to show your sense of humor. Uh, right. <laughs> well, if the Nexus interviews any indicator, yeah, I can just imagine. Boy, I had a great Nexus interview too, but let's do that afterward. Because oh, oh, I just went down just a week ago. Oh. Got my Nexus. So anyway, so I give them the reason and they are going to ask me a whole bunch. They're, first of all, they're going to say, do you realize what you're giving up here? And they're going to list the reasons that you don't want to renounce your U.S. citizenship. Nice. And, you know, the two big ones I would say are, number one, the ability to move down. Like right now, as a U.S. citizen, I can just say, I'm moving down. And I'm taking a job. And there's nothing that would prevent any of that. And number two, which is very, very unlikely, is uh, you're in some foreign country where Canada doesn't have any kind of diplomatic presence, but the U.S. does. Yeah. Something bad goes down, you can head straight to their consulate and they're going to help you out, right? The other thing they're going to try and figure out is they want to make sure I'm aware of all benefits of being a U.S. citizen. And they're also going to make sure that this is my idea. Oh. Right? Because there's often situations, particularly spousal situations, where the spouse is saying, I need you to get rid of that citizenship for whatever reasons, financial, tax, something, right? And you're going, really? Well, I guess I can take one for the team here. I'll, I'll renounce. And if they get the slightest hint that that's happening, they won't even let you renounce. Well, no. If they know that that's happening, they won't let you renounce. If they get a hint that it's happening, they're going to give you a cooling off period. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to say, no, we will not allow you to renounce. I mean, what, what, how does that even work? Yeah, that's the funny thing. You know, in almost any kind of democratic freedom type place, you could place an ad in a newspaper. You know, like there are some legal things where you have to place an ad. Yeah. And, you know, there would be a minimum size of the yeah, ad or something. Yeah, name change, those kinds of yeah, things. And, and, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can decide, but you have to formally renounce. You can't just send them a letter. They have to approve it. Yeah, it's just interesting to me. I guess if they withheld your renunciation, it could impede your next step, which would be to take up citizenship in wherever, some other country. Well, they won't let you renounce if you're not already a second citizen somewhere. Because that's to protect you. Like being um, being a non-citizen being in the world, yeah. and there are stateless people is one of the most difficult things. So they, they just as a policy won't let you renounce unless you have another citizenship already. So yeah, so that's it. So I'm pretty excited to get that done. I'm sure the first few years after I moved up, I, I had some kind of sense of American identity, I guess. But I was just pretty naive about the way the world worked anyway. I thought, well, we moved up. I'm just Canadian now. 
and dad gave me the little card. It got mailed to us. that says, you're a Canadian citizen. And if I'd read the fine print, the card actually said, you have been a citizen since you were born. So I didn't know, but oh, because, the whole time I was yeah. living in the U.S., I was already a Canadian citizen. Yeah. Didn't know that. I just haven't felt American for a long, long time. Cats on the roof. You heard the cats on the roof joke? Guy calls up a friend and says, your cat died. And the guy freaks out. He says, why do you do this? Why do you just, why do you just blurt that kind of thing out? Do you know what that cat meant to me? I guess, well, what, well, what else am I going to say? Well, what you say is the cats, the cats out on the rooftop. And then maybe you call me back a day later and say, the cat's still on the roof. I don't know. So anyway, I, that part of the joke's hazy to me, but he makes his way through. The cat eventually dies, right? But at least he's been eased into it. And then he gets called later and it's like, your mother's out on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's even funny when you just completely butcher the delivery. Nice. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, so I went down for my Nexus interview the other day. You know, I had signed up for a Nexus interview in 2020, I think. And just a week before my interview, they uh, canceled all the interviews because of COVID. And is it, was that the first time you've done that? No, this is my second renewal. Oh, okay. So my third interview. Okay, and how often do you have to renew? Every five years. Oh, okay. So I've been through some stress going because the, the, the renewal date on my card, the expiry date, is long past, yet I still use the card to go down. Rebel. You mentioned this already. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they gave a grace period, but it's been a little vague uh, what the length of it is. So you're yeah. going to pull your card out and the thing, you're not really sure whether it still works or not. Like, like are they going to throw me in jail? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, take your car, burn it, jail your family and... <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, um, I finally scheduled the interview. I thought I better schedule the interview now. And I scheduled it down in Blaine, just actually south of Blaine. Because if you follow the news, Canada still has not opened up its Nexus interview. So anyway, the interview place is actually in near Birch Bay. And I get in there and there's an intake person that makes sure I brought all the right stuff to go to my interview. And I did. So I sit down. And then I get called. I get called to booth three. I get in there. There's two booth threes. They're next to next to each other. But there's the guy waves me over. So I go in down there. And I guess this guy was in a good mood. And maybe he just read me. He looked at me and knew the circumstances and just decided he was just going to give me a pass. So he just went into full 100% conversation mode. Now recognize that this has been in the news that they're so backed up on these Nexus interviews that anybody who wants to schedule their Nexus interview, they got to wait like a year or something. And and there's a woman sitting next to him also in booth three. And so he starts talking to me about his buddy who went to Iraq and got his thumbs cut off. And, uh, it just happens. Like he's just talking. And he says, yeah, the guy, he put his uh, two thumbs down on the table. They told him to put his two thumbs on the table and they, they cut his thumbs off and told him, uh, this is for all the bad things America has done in, in Iraq. And, uh, and then, so it's, and then he says, of course, that's a total lie. I just tell people that story cause it's kind of fun. He just cut him off when he was in some kind of an accident with farm equipment or something. Uh, I'm going, okay, well, first of all, like, I don't understand all this. 
but I'm just rolling with it because I'm not going to be, you know, yeah. that guy. But I, you know, I'm just having fun talking to him. I show him that my thumb was cut off and my finger and all this. And we just chat. I think I was there for a good five minutes of chatting. He says, okay, now you got to go talk to her. And oh, that's why two people are sitting next to each other. The Canadian is sitting next to the American. This is the first time that this has happened because you get interviewed by both. Oh. Because the nexus is two direction. So that's the first time that they've been sitting together. Normally I finish with one. I have to walk 20 feet and talk to the other. Now this is good because the Americans in particular, at least for, for me, have been the assholes. They've been the worst. This is the first time that they've been actually good. If you can call what his behavior good. But anyway, um, I think it's because he's got his compatriot sitting next to him. And they don't want to be just a total jerk all the time. Uh, so anyway, that was that. I sat down and she was super nice as well. And I got my new Nexus card that says, I'm a citizen of the U.S. Because that's the default. If you're a dual citizen, the Nexus card says U.S. citizen. Uh Right. So this Nexus is going to last me till March. Yeah. What's going to happen if you flash that thing after you've renounced your US? What's going to happen? I'm pretty sure that when I renounce, they're going to take that card. I've been told to bring it. Oh, okay. And uh, I'm pretty sure that they say thank you for that. And I'm pretty sure, I feel quite likely that the bureaucracy won't deal with it well. Yeah. I think that's like, I'll go in, I'll sign into my Nexus and it'll just still say that I have a card. Yeah. And that I simply won't be able to get a new Nexus. Um, anyway, I'll, we'll see. I hope I hope I can get a Nexus card, but. Well, that is kind of fun. I, I have negative memories of my one and only Nexus card interview process. And it was just, as you say, the Canadian guys were quite civil and normal and just whatever. But the American guy was, geez, if I take a wrong step here, I'll never be seen again. You know, like they're really hostile kind of. Yeah. And they just th- act as if you're absolutely intent on the end of democracy and if they don't catch you. Right. And that might reverse if you're not a Canadian citizen. Yeah. It might be the other Who way knows? around. Yeah. Cause I have seen some posts by people, by Americans talking about how badly they've been treated going into yeah. Canada. But yeah, my first interview, uh, for Nexus, the woman behind the counter, she spoke really quickly and with an accent and I had problems hearing her and that really riled her up. Like every time I said, I, I'm sorry, I didn't really understand what you're saying. And she'd repeat with a more insistent tone, you know, like you're an idiot because you couldn't understand me. And she's asking, she asked for my birth certificate. So I pull out my birth certificate. Now the only birth certificate I had at the time, which I thought was all you need was my hospital birth certificate with my cute little baby footprint on it. (laughs) And it says I got, you know, um, born at Redding General Hospital in Redding, California, right? And she goes, this is not a birth certificate. And I said, well, yeah, no, this is my birth certificate. She goes, sir, she did that a lot. This is not a birth certificate. And I opened it and I, I pulled it. And I pointed at it. I said, it certifies that I was born. And now she's starting to really escalate. And somebody else stepped in and said, oh, sir, what she's trying to say is this is not the form of birth certificate that we can accept, uh, but we'll let you get away with it this time. And so from then on, I, 
I actually applied for a birth certificate from the state of California. I didn't know such a thing existed, never had one. And so for, I think was some ridiculously low fee because in the States they often set the fees and regulations and don't get around to increasing them. I got, you know, a couple copies, three copies of a birth certificate. So now I got my proper birth certificate. But anyway, that was a pretty unpleasant little encounter. Yeah. There's a lot of reflection available there on how people get into certain jobs and what their expectations and what their training was and what they're told is really super important as opposed to not very important and all that kind of stuff. When somebody does that, that is not a birth certificate. The question of what it is obviously is begged there, right? But nope, not addressing it. Just repeat the thing, not a birth certificate. And if somebody hadn't intervened, you get to wonder how it would have gone when you pointed out that it was a certificate of birth. Would that person have conceded that yes, that is a certificate, but it's not the right form? Or would they simply have said the same thing again, only in a louder and more confrontational voice? And then wondered why people are such jerks, you know, like. Yeah. Horribulous. Horribulous. Yeah, my second interview, the guy said, what do you mean you're, because my basic, what I told him was, I don't even know if I'm an American, because that's where I was at at that point. Because mm. um, I'd never, I'd had people tell me, oh yeah, if you're born in the States, you're an American. But having a friend or someone tell you that is different from having a U.S. Mm. Uh, official tell you that. Right? Yeah. So, and the guys just said, so you've never said you're an American. <laughs> like it's the weirdest kind of tone and everything. Like, yeah, well, yes, of course. When I lived down there, I said I was American. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like I say, the training, do they get told? I've often wondered this and we've had this conversation on this podcast before about border guards and stuff. And do they actually get trained to talk to people in a way that puts them way off balance so that they might reveal something like, I don't know if they do or they don't, but boy, it's really unpleasant. Yeah. I think they might get, I, I agree with you. I think they're either trained to do that or their buddies say, yeah, yeah. What I find is yeah, I caught somebody cause I pushed them. Yeah. Something like that. Right. I just sort of think what a horrible way to live all day, every day behaving as though everybody is just hell on wheels and you're, it's your job to find out. And then there's somebody that you and I know that every time she crosses the border, she's randomly selected yeah. for a deeper interview. And that's, uh, that's pretty bogus as well. Yeah. Like, why not just be honest? Oh, yeah. you're, you're flagged here. We have to talk to you. Yeah. That's why not just be honest. Yeah. Just stay at home. You know, just don't go anywhere or just go to places where they don't behave like that. Anyway, I can't wait. It's very exciting. Well, our listening audience will wait with Bated breath, RJ. Just edge of the seat, nail biter. I'll report back. Two, right? You will. Do we have listener mail? We have one listener mail. Yeah, let's do it. Buddy. Buddy. Come here. <laughs> just. How was the dinner? Best ever? I it was, bet it was. It was Why don't fast. you come up here and sit quietly for another half an hour? How about that? Okay. Sorry. What was I about to look up? Listener mail. Oh, yes. It's Monday, November 21st. We're in the shed. I'm PJ. That's KJ over there. But apparently RJ is not present. (laughs) No, those remarks were addressed to you. KJ and I are aware of who you are and where we are. 
Uh, but, you know, I was just trying to clean up some loose ends for you there. I feel I've been doing pretty well today, Skin. Yeah, no, you've I been I know I had fire. a little bit of a lapse and uh, I went into full on, but you know what? I am an old man <laughs> and I do that all the time now. So I just think I'm actually doing pretty good. You're doing great, Rich, because just like dogs, positive re- reinforcement <laughs> is the way to go. That's good. Thank you, Skin. <laughs> Reward me when I'm not doing shitty. I appreciate that. All right. We have a new comment on episode 143, when baguettes were king. And this is Lee of Courtney. She says, hi dogs and welcome back. That felt like a long time without hearing you guys ruminating in the shed. So I was super glad when I saw that a new podcast was up and I didn't have to listen to yet one more Dateline true crime story while I was running. It is true. We've, we've uh, dropped the ball a little bit with the frequency of our episodes. We're going to kind of try and get them a little bit more often going forward. For one thing, it kind of gives us an excuse to come here in the shed and just chat. So uh, look for them every, we hope, week and a half. It's right out there in the world now. Wow. How daring. The cutting will be ruthless. <laughs> uh, regarding dog ownership, she continues which you were discussing due to KJ's new acquisition. And by the way, that KJ's new acquisition is now biting my hand. That's inappropriate, buddy. Inappropriate. We are just clearing uh, buddy from the studio. A momentary pause. This is why we need a page or an aide or you know, the office talent we've been trying to hire for years and years. The unpaid we intern. We need a dog wrangler. Come in here. Also, you know, KJ's having to make coffee. What We need somebody for that stuff. I know, I know. Because I've been like, watching, I've been watching Mad Men. And <laughs> you definitely need people to make you coffee. Side And cars. you just don't say thank you. Yeah. They just hand it to you. You just grab it and you go back to whatever you're doing. <laughs> it's just, that's what I learned from Mad Men. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Yeah, this cough won't go away. <coughs> it's really oh, so you've been? Uh, are you still filling out the uh, flu savers? I uh, sure did. And you told him you told had a cough. Told him the truth. Mm-hmm. And then did they a- ask you extra questions? Yep. They say, have you had a rapid test? Have you had a regular full-on test? Have you? Did you go to a doctor? Did you miss your regular activities? Da da da. Yeah. It's all just no. I never went to a doctor. Eh? Not for that. No, I nope. did not. That's um, what we don't normally do just for a regular cough. Well, I mean, try to find a doctor for just a regular damn cough. You, you gotta be, people are dying before they get to hear back from their doctors, right? Like it's. Oh, I, I have a local serious. clinic with an online calendar and so I've been using them now. So okay. I book, I book appointments three days out. Good. I'm going to look into that because holy mackerel. I think the cure might've been worse than the problem here. <laughs> Well, he's having some water. That's what he was doing. She's thirsty, so he's biting my hand. Shall I continue, KJ? Yes, please. Regarding dog ownership, she continues, which you were discussing due to KJ's new acquisition, you're all right. It's a huge commitment. Huge. I can't emphasize that enough. Brian and I have both had dogs in our pasts, and we had Wiley for about 14 or 15 years together. As she was the best dog in the entire universe, we both believe that, so it's true, we can never get another dog again, and I'm pretty sure we won't. We do, however, dog sit, even for overnight stays. 
which is kind of the best of all worlds of having a dog in one's life. So RJ, I would highly recommend that as an alternative to you and Sue getting one of your own. Just look after KJ's dog sometimes and give him a break. Well, yeah. I'm not I'm not so sure that's the best thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. When 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 that note first came in, I'm pretty sure RJ thought that's a great idea, but we're now 2 hours in and he's probably got a few lacerations to deal with. So uh, uh, uh. Buddy, and, uh, and uh, you hear, uh, no, get down, we, get down. We've heard that tone a bunch of times this afternoon. So no, but it seems to work a little bit. He's getting there, eh? Yeah, he'll figure it out. Yeah, he'll figure point. it out. Five or six years. No, I believe my original offer was once he gets past this period and that still stands. Hmm. Recently, we dog sat for five days, a one-year-old basset hound. Adorable as heck, but drool. Oh my God. A week after he'd gone, I was still finding dried saliva halfway up a wall. And while he was here, I couldn't bring myself to even look at the hardwood floors. So even dog sitting has its own perils, but then he went home. And regarding pit bulls, Brian had a pit bull from a puppy to about five years old. And as he says, yep, they're great dogs. Until they aren't. And when a pit bull decides to bite, it's not the same as a nippy Pekingese, so his dog had to be gone. That's very sad. That is, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I was struck by that also when I read that note. I just thought, you really would. I mean, I have quite a negative view of uh, pit bull owners who their dog does something horrendous and they just sort of say, I don't even know. But reading that note, I just feel bad for everybody because... After five years, you think you would know what the dog will and yeah, won't do, yeah. and evidently, you don't. Well, uh, yeah. That's just too bad. Now she says, regarding iOS 16, thanks for the great intel on that. I recently got an iPhone 11, so I immediately went to see if it had 16 capability, and by golly, it does. So I now have that iOS. It will, of course, take me about a year to figure out what stuff it can actually do that my previous software version couldn't do. And I almost certainly am not doing all the stuff that it could have done. One thing you mentioned that I'm curious about, PJ said you could attach your iPhone to a laptop or desktop and use it as a camera instead of the webcam. I'd like to try, but um, how does one attach a phone? Duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's well known. It's the cheapest thing. Just duct tape it on there. There's all kinds of stuff that you can use to get the gummy stuff off your phone after. Just stick it on. Duct tape, yes. Um, there are also, uh, I have one of these at home, um, a clamp to put your iPhone in that has a clamp at the other end and a gooseneck. So you can clamp it to, for example, a shelf. If you have a shelf nearby your computer, or your desk, and then you can use that gooseneck to orient the phone to wherever you would like it to be to, you know, make you look your best. So there there must be a radius within which the phone, like it's a Bluetooth connection between the phone and your, your desktop, right? Yeah, the radius is pretty big. Yeah, like so that's cool. That's 10, really cool. 10 feet or something like that, yeah. And the third option is that there are companies who either now have or are about to have uh, specific clamps meant for notebook computers. Yeah. So you can put that phone on top of your MacBook. 
cool, cool. I haven't tried it either just because I never, ever use my desk, my laptop for anything other than uh, music stuff. And while we're talking about new capabilities with the iPhone 14, which PJ here has, where if you're out in the woods and you're completely out of cell phone reception, you can actually send emergency you can call 911, you can call emergency and notify your closest friends of your location using satellites. Yeah. That just floors me. And I haven't taken the setup steps yet, but I really got to because that's just huge. Because you do go on walks well, out there. Everywhere in the North Shore, like you get, you know, 500 meters away from the street, you've got no cell reception. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous how quickly it goes up there. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I do need to look into that because it is great. Very cool. And over time you could see search and rescue demand still going to be there. Of course, the requirement's still going to be there, but their number of trips out to rescue people might be the same, but the effort to find someone will greatly reduce. Yeah. I mean, I would expect they'll have way better outcomes going forward, right? They'll get the same number of calls, but they'll have way better outcomes. Somebody yeah. will only spend two hours out in the bush instead of a day and a half yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, the whole thing's, it, that is a pretty exciting feature, I think. It's a great thing. I'm sure if it isn't already, it'll come to modern Android phones as well. And uh, so it's very good. And finally, Lee continues... Great history work on the baguette, RJ. The next time I'm in a bakery that claims to make homemade baguettes, I can be pretty snooty about my inquiries related to the flour and the 45, etc. I'll also measure it before I buy just to prove I'm serious. <laughs> so she's going to whip out a little uh, just, oven yeah, and she's going to burn a piece of bread to a crisp and measure. And she's going to make sure, you know, sorry, I can't buy this, this... You need to relabel this product. This is not a baguette. Just like the border guys. This is not a baguette. Don't clarify why it's not a baguette. Just say it's, it's not a baguette. But it says baguette right on the package here. Yes, but that doesn't matter. This is not a baguette. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. And also, I don't know how big a community of bakers she is involved with, but I think she's going to alienate them in pretty short order if she starts measuring their baguettes every time she goes in. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Lee. And yeah. that is listener mail. Thank you, guys. Back to uh, Lee's dog sitting. There is now an Airbnb type uh, service called Trusted Pet Sitters. Uh huh. Trusted yeah. something like that. So Susan wants to go and do the Camino Portugal. Oh. And she wants to go when I'm in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. She was going to take the puppy. So she found this thing, and what you do is you you pay a fee of I think the premium is two sixty nine a year, and then you just exchange. So somebody comes, lives in your house, looks after your dog. They don't pay anything for it, and that's it. Wow, that just sounds fraught with peril. Well, no, it's the same um, Airbnb reviews. So these the people are. But there's so much more to it. Like when you go to an Airbnb, it's an inanimate object. It's a house, right? And how you treat a house is relatively simple compared to how you interact with a dog and what you tell a dog to do and what you, you know, you get back and the $2,500 worth of training that you spent is gone because those guys have just fully ignored all the rules your dog was taught. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I'm just saying it's out there as an option. Yeah. He did pretty well, I feel, today until, you know, the last 15 minutes. So now our time in the shed for today is over. I wonder if that worked for you as promised. It certainly did for us. Buddy the dog, not so much. He seems to be uh, becoming increasingly distraught as the day wears on. But that's his job. That's what he's supposed to do at his age. We hope you've enjoyed yourself and that you'll come back and hear us again. And until then, please do take care of yourself. There's a lot going on out there, so watch yourself. This is RJ signing out. And speaking for KJ, he's signing out too. Okay. Okay, that's we're done. I'm done. I'm cooked. <laughs>